Amen. That's a, every time we sing Be Thou My Vision, I always think that is so fitting. <laughs> I think that like it's a good life song that God would be our vision. He's who we look to. Uh, I'm going to be speaking from Psalm chapter 50 today, and I want to talk to you today about how thankfulness is the gateway to an experience with God. And I really think the Lord spoke to my heart this message. Uh, I wasn't planning to speak from Psalm chapter 50 today, but about a week and a half ago, um, I was just wrestling through some things, and I was just, I was sitting, my Bible wasn't very far from me, and I said, God, I just, I just need to hear from you. I want you to say something uh, to me. And, and just so you know, there's been times I've said that and felt like I didn't get anything, okay? <laughs> so um, it's not a formula that every time you do that, God just like opens the skies or, or something, but a lot of times he does. If we're looking to hear from him, I, I do believe he speaks to us. And somehow I stumbled on Psalm chapter 50, and there's a message in here that uh, God really encouraged my heart with, and I'm convinced that this is something that all of us as a church community need. Um, it's a message that uh, I want to start our year off with intentionally because I really believe that there's some truth in here that if you apply it to your life, 2022 can be very different. Um, not in, in, and not even in relation at all to COVID or all the stuff that we usually talk about, but just in general that this year can be really different. If we take this principle that God has revealed to us in the scriptures and actually apply it to our lives. Um, a lot of you know that my upbringing, I grew up in a, uh, I tell people a lot, like I, I basically grew up in a homeless shelter and in a drug rehab program. And so usually if I'm meeting somebody for the first time and I tell them that, they're like, you, you what? You grew up in a, a homeless shelter? Um, and the first time that I went into prison, I was six years old. Um, so I just didn't have, like, a normal upbringing, okay? So, like, maximum security prison at six, you know, grew up uh, in a, a, around homeless people a lot and, and people that were wrestling through just different life issues, and uh, that was my, my upbringing. And I remember um, at, I don't, I don't even know, I was young, but I remember uh, my parents actually bringing somebody into our home who was heavily, heavily addicted to heroin. And um, this lady, and I still remember, I still see her face, um, but she was, when she came into our home, she was like as skinny as a rake. And uh, I remember helping her move from her apartment. My dad actually brought me to her place and we moved her from her apartment into our house. And I just remember that there was this like stash of hundreds of, of needles, used needles in, in this apartment. And I remember seeing that and I was really young at the time and didn't fully understand but I was gaining an understanding of like the effects that drugs can have on someone's life. And it kind of put this fear in me for the end result of getting involved in drugs at uh, an early age. And so uh, when I, uh, as I got older and was in high school, um, I didn't go to, like I wasn't homeschooled, I, w I didn't go to a private school, I went to public school my whole life, and uh, a lot of my friends got pretty heavily involved in drugs and drinking and the party scene. And it was tempting for me to go that route. Um, but I had this really unique upbringing where I had seen some of the end result of where those choices can lead. And so when my friends were like wanting to go off and party or smoke weed or whatever it was, like I had this picture in my mind of, of somebody who was heavily addicted to heroin. And I knew like it was a miracle she was even alive and she was just barely hanging on. 
And I had this picture and this fear. And in the, the drug community, and I, I used to work in recovery, there's this, this phrase that weed is a gateway drug. Uh, and, that, and, and what that means is that when you, you, know, you start out with something like marijuana or weed, it's, it's a gateway into other things. It opens the door to all kinds of uh, other drugs or other behavior or other lifestyle choices that, get, that can lead to something to a place that's really dark. And, and so I have this, like, this picture in my mind of like, uh, and, and, and you know, it's commonly said that weed is a gateway drug, but you could say that about like just taking your first drink and then drinking more when you're feeling overwhelmed or, or going to drink as a way to escape issues and escape problems, right? Like, so making those small choices is like a gateway that could lead to something really, really destructive. Um, and so I've always, I've always known that. And when I was reading in Psalm chapter 50, uh, I, I believe what God's word is saying to us is that uh, on the flip side, so if like taking your first uh, drink that leads to a lifestyle of, of drinking or, or, or taking your first toke that leads to a lifestyle of drugs, if that's a gateway into a destructive life, that thankfulness is actually a gateway to an encounter with God. Like, like being a thankful person and expressing thanks and expressing that to God is actually like a, a door, a gateway that leads to um, not just a better life. And, and today, I just want you to know, I'm not talking about like, hey, let's just have a, a better life. Here's the six steps to a successful life that's not filled with drugs and alcohol. Like, I'm, I'm talking about something even deeper, like a, a life that experiences and encounters God. And, and, and the scriptures reveal to us that the doorway, like the gateway to that, um, I mean, in simple terms, is Jesus, Right? But in practical terms, it's thankfulness. It's being a person who's, who's thankful and grateful and expresses that to God. And that's actually a gateway to an encounter with Him. And I just want you to think about this um, before we, we read Psalm chapter 50. But do you think it's possible, okay, and you don't have to answer out loud, but I just want you to, to think about this. Do you think it's possible to be a really arrogant, thankful person? Like, can you have both, like, as, as a way of life? Can you be just grateful and thankful, but also super arrogant? Like, can those two exist alongside of each other? Is it possible to be a really thankful person, grateful, honoring God, praising Him, and also be hypocritical? Or is it more likely that when you start leaning towards being more hypocritical, thankfulness goes away? Or when you start leaning into arrogance and pride that thankfulness starts to diminish? Is it possible to be a really bitter person, but also thankful? Like, can those two things coexist beside each other? Some of these things are, are, are things that you and I wrestle with. Maybe, maybe you struggle with bitterness, resentment, anger in your heart. And, and what I want to ask you to, to think about as we get into this psalm is, are you also a thankful, grateful person if you've got all this bitterness and, and the gateway, what I want to uh, encourage you with, is if you will, put into practice what we're going to look at today in the scriptures uh, of being a thankful person, a person that's filled with praise and gratefulness to God, it'll actually start to chip away at bitterness and hypocrisy. Like, you, those two things can't coexist. Is it possible to be really cynical and really doubtful, but also just grateful and thankful and full of praise? Right? What I would suggest to you is that if you become a person who's thankful, grateful, and full of praise, it actually starts to chip away at those other attitudes and thought patterns that are destructive. 
To be thankful is to be in a position of humility. To be thankful is to recognize your lack and the provision of God. It's to be grateful for what someone has done for you. And I want you to catch this. This won't be up on the screen. Um, but to be a Christian, a Jesus follower, you've got to be thankful. You can't not be. And I, wanna, uh, I want you to just ponder this for a second. A relationship with Jesus is something that you receive, not something that you achieve. Okay? So a relationship with Jesus is something that you receive. It's something that you allow into your life. You receive it. It's this free gift of God that you, you receive. It's not something that you achieve. If you have this relationship with Christ, if you're somebody who's experienced or encountered God and you're aware of that, you can't not be thankful. And to live in a... And I, but I, I would say that most of us, if we're honest, don't live in a state of thankfulness. We let thankfulness fall to the wayside. We don't, we don't bring it into our minds. We don't, we don't practice it. And so today, I want to talk about thankfulness in a really practical way, not just in like an idealistic way or in your head, right? Because I think we could probably all agree. We could nod our heads and say, well, I'm supposed to be thankful or I'm supposed to be grateful. But practically speaking, I'll bet you most of us don't live a thankful, grateful life. But if we do, if we actually put it into practice, and I'm not talking about um, you know, just, just agreeing with it or thinking it, but like actually physically doing the things God shows for us to do to be thankful, uh, I, I believe it's a key to an encounter with God. And I also believe it'll change the way we live our lives, the way we perceive things. It'll change our experience with Him. And so this is, I want to end today's, if you watch the little video that I sent out in the email, you know the challenge that I want to end with, but I want to encourage all of us um, to do this challenge together. It's something that I'm going to do this year in 2022, um, and that's how I'm going to end uh, today's, today's sermon. I want to actually challenge us with putting this into practice. Um, but I'm going to read Psalm chapter 50, and I'm going to pray that uh, the Lord would speak to your heart, because this is, uh, I really believe this is something that He is saying, and if we're listening and we receive what He's saying and we put it into practice, it'll actually make this year look different than years in the past. And so let's just pray and we'll read um, this psalm together. Lord, I just want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for how you've revealed to us truth that can actually bring change and transformation to our lives. And Lord, I also want to acknowledge that there's uh, many of us that are listening today that don't see a lot of things in our life to be thankful for that there's a lot of us that are listening that we're aware of some of the horrible things that we're facing, some of the difficult situations and things we're challenged with, and, and we're tempted to focus on that, but I pray that we would hear what you have to say to us today, and, and I pray that you would give us the strength to be people that are thankful like you're saying, and that we'd put it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. So Psalm chapter 50, I'm going to read it, and then we'll focus in, and uh, I wanted to open with kind of letting you know where we're going so you can notice um, what God has to say about thankfulness. <clears throat> the Lord, the mighty one, is God, and he has spoken. He has summoned all humanity from where the sun rises to where it sets. From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines in glorious radiance. Our God approaches, and he's not silent. Fire devours everything in his way, and a great storm rages around him. 
He calls on the heavens above and earth below to witness the judgment of his people. Bring my faithful people to me, those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Then let the heavens proclaim his justice, for God himself will be judge. O my people, listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you, O Israel. I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer, but I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. For all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains, and all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. And keep the vows you have made to the Most High. Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. But God says this to the wicked, Why bother reciting my decrees and pretending to obey my covenant? For you refuse my discipline and treat my words like trash. When you see thieves, you approve of them, and you spend your time with adulterers. Your mouth is filled with wickedness, and your tongue is full of lies. You sit around and slander your brother, your own mother's son. While you did all this, I remained silent, and you thought I didn't care. But now I will rebuke you, listing all my charges against you. Repent, all of you who forget me, or I will tear you apart, and no one will help you. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. So this psalm, uh, I'm going to focus on one section of it. And just so you're, you're aware of the psalm that we're reading... Um, It's broken up into three main sections, and then it has a concluding thought that kind of wraps up everything God says. But in the first six verses of the psalm, it's it's a judgment psalm, and so what we're supposed to be thinking of God as judge in this psalm. So he brings the people of the world before him, and he's like speaking to to the population of the world and speaking out judgment. Okay, so that's the first six verses sets up that God is this judge, that he's worthy to be the judge, that he deserves to be in that position. And then there's the second section of this, verses 7 through 15, God speaks to you and me. Okay, so if you, if you noticed, and you can go back and read this afterwards, God actually speaks to His people. He speaks to His church, those that bring Him sacrifices, those that gather and worship like we're doing now. And then in verses 16 through 22, God speaks to the wicked, those that reject Him, those that want nothing to do with Him, those that disobey His commands and His ways of life. Okay, and then in the last verse, he, he, he addresses everybody again, and he, and he concludes with this uh, challenge to be thankful. And I want to focus on verses 7 through 15 today, because in this section, uh, this is, this is a, a place where God is actually speaking to people like you and I, and he's challenging his church, he's challenging his followers to live in a state of thankfulness, to be the type of person who expresses praise and expresses thanks all the time. And I, I would say that, that if we're being honest, that that's probably a challenge for most of us. Complaining comes really easily. Okay, and I'm not saying that judgmentally. Like, I, I find it really easy to complain. And I actually don't find most people challenge me when I'm complaining. Most people are like, yeah, sucks for me too. <laughs> right? And I mean, you just try it, like go on Facebook and, and complain about something and people will just, they'll agree, right? Like, and not that you want everybody to just attack you all the time, but complaining is something that it comes more naturally 
to us. And what God is saying in this psalm is really powerful. These are the words of God, the words of the creator of the universe. He's talking to a congregation. He's talking to a gathered group of people that would consider themselves his followers. So if you're a follower of God today, if you're somebody who says, yes, I believe what the scriptures teach about God, I believe that God is God, this, this is um, directed at you. And, and the challenge, the one truth I want to bring from this is that what God is challenging us with is to live in a state of thankfulness. I'm not, I'm not talking about being fake, and I will address that in a few minutes. I'm, I'm not talking about pretending things are good when they're not. That's not what it means to live in a state of thankfulness. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, this, this will be up on the screen, uh, it says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances. It's a really challenging command from Scripture to be thankful in all circumstances. As a pastor, as your pastor, I know there's many of you that I've talked to, even over the last six months, that are in circumstances that you don't want to be thanking God in the midst of those circumstances. And, and to change it from me saying, I, can, I know that that's true for a lot of you, there's a lot of circumstances in my own personal life that I don't feel like being thankful to God in the midst of those circumstances. There's sicknesses in, in family. There's divisions amongst family. There's all kinds of situations that we're faced with that make us not want to be thankful. God is not saying to be fake. He's talking about something different. And, and I believe if we put this into practice, it is a gateway to an encounter and an experience with God. I'm going to read verses 7 through 15 again. This is the section of the psalm where this is the word of God. This is God's word speaking to his people. Okay, and so just, just listen in again as we read this. He says, O oh, my people, listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you, O Israel. I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer. But I don't need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. For all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains and all the animals of the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God, and keep the vows that you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you're in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. And so, thankfulness, God is challenging us um, with, with being uh, in a state of thankfulness. And here's, here's the, the context. So God is speaking to a, a group of people, okay, the Israelites. This is before the coming of Jesus. And so if you're familiar with the Old Testament, uh, in the Old Testament, the, the people of God were regularly offering sacrifices to him. So they would offer a bull or a goat, and it was to atone for their sin. And so the sacrifice actually, it had to cost the people something. Okay, so the idea, and you, this is important to understand this, the idea of a sacrifice in the Old Testament was that you would bring something that cost you something, a sheep from your flock of sheep, and you would bring it and you would offer it to God as a sacrifice, and it cost you something, and it was a reminder that like you had sinned and you had broken this covenant with God, and the sacrifice of this sheep was like, the, it was life for life, right? And, and, you, and it, it, you had to feel the cost of this, right? So you would go and you would bring that to God, 
And God is saying, he's saying, I'm not complaining about your sacrifices. Like, I set up the sacrificial system. This is a reminder that you're my covenant people. He said, but you're still being, basically, the, 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 the layman's translation of it is God is saying, you're still being idiots, though. Okay? Like, you're, you're, you're doing the duty, like you're bringing the sheep, you're bringing the sacrifice, but then you're, you're still living in this lifestyle of just, like, complaining or anger or bitterness or envy, and you're, you're doing all of the religious duties, and, and you're, there's nothing changing on the inside. And there was an idea that developed among the people at that time, and I think you and I struggle with this same idea, that, like, they would bring their sacrifices, and they thought, okay, I did the thing that God wanted me to do. I brought the sheep, and I, and I offered it as a sacrifice, or if you were poor, you brought a dove, right? You brought something that cost you something, and you gave it to God. And then there was this feeling that, like, now God owes me. And God was saying to these people, like, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. Like, I don't owe you anything. Like, what you had to give, you had it because I gave it to you in the first place. And I think the modern-day parallel is sometimes we, we're people that we go to church, right? And so we think, well, God, I'm a, I'm a churchgoer, so therefore, like, I, I give of my time on Sunday morning. I get up, I get the kids ready, or I get myself ready when I'd rather sleep in. I go to church. Like, there should be some, like, blessing that comes from you because of that. Or maybe you're somebody who, who believes in tithing, so you give money to the church, right? Or you volunteer, you, you do something because you believe God wants you to do that. And so then there's this idea sometimes that develops in us where we think like, well, I'm actually doing something for God, so he should be blessing me. These bad things that are going on in my life shouldn't be happening because I'm actually like sacrificing. I'm giving a sacrifice to God. Like why, why are bad things still happening? And what God is saying, the rebuke he gives to the people is he says, like the, the, the sacrifice you're bringing, you have that because I gave it to you. I, have, I, I exist on a Sunday morning because God allowed for me to exist. Like, if I give money to God, um, Vicki and I, that's something that we've, we practice in our marriage, giving a, a percentage of our income to God. And sometimes it's tempting to think, like, well, now God owes me. You know, I'm, I've been faithful. Like, I, I give money on a regular basis because God says to do that in His Word, and it is a sacrifice. You know, we have six kids, and there's things we could do with that money that we'd rather do, but we give to God. And so sometimes when bad things happen, there's a temptation in my mind for me to think, like, well, why would God allow this to happen? I'm being faithful. Like, I give money and go to church, and I read my Bible. And the rebuke that God is giving here is He's saying, like, if you, if you are giving something to me, it's because I provided that for you. It's not really even that much of a sacrifice. Like, we have time because God gave it to us. We have breath in our lungs because God put that breath there. So when we, even when we sing a praise song to God, sometimes it's tempting for us to feel good about ourselves because we're like, well, I'm, I'm praising God or I'm singing to Him, and so therefore we feel like God owes us something. But what God wants to remind us with thankfulness is like, we should be grateful that there's even breath in our lungs because that's not, our, we didn't make oxygen. You couldn't. You can't recreate, like, you, no, there, is no, there is no technology that we could make oxygen, that we could make that, you know, available in, in space. Like, we, we couldn't even do that. We can't create that, like, in, in, in a, a space the way God has here in this world. Like, God is just above and beyond, and He's saying, like, all that you have was a gift. He's saying, the sacrifice I really want you to bring is a sacrifice of just thankfulness, praise. Do, do we actually live that way? Are we thankful and grateful to God. This rebuke that he gives to his people is actually a pretty strong rebuke. 
And he wasn't, re- he wasn't saying, like, you bringing the sacrifices is a bad thing. He was like, he set up that sacrificial system. Today, the modern-day parallel, he would say, it's great that you come to church. It's great that you read the scriptures. It's great that you give money. It's great that you volunteer. But I want something, like, I want your heart. I want this relationship with you. Sometimes we can do those things, and it becomes mechanical. It just becomes something that we, we do as an outside action, but there's no relationship with God. And what God is saying in this psalm is he's saying, like, I want you to come with this heart of just gratitude, thankfulness, and grace for what I've done. That attitude of thankfulness opens the door for a deeper encounter with him. And this um, also living in a, a state of, of thankfulness, I want you to, to notice in, uh, in verse 14, this, this really spoke to me um, when I was reading this and thinking about what the Lord is saying last week. Verse 14 comes before verse 15. This is important. It says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows that you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you're in trouble and I will rescue you and you will give me glory. So he's in verse 14, God is, is emphasizing the main point of this, this psalm, make thankfulness your sacrifices, your sacrifice, and then call on me. But like this theme runs throughout scripture that prior to experiencing victory, God's people thank and praise him. Like this, and this is super important. This is going to relate to every single one of us. Prior to experiencing the victory of God in your life, you've got to be a person who just praises and thanks him in the midst of the challenge and in the midst of the difficulty. Like, that's what God is calling us to. And there are tons of stories um, throughout Scripture, um, but in the Old Testament, there's times where God actually told his people, the army, that they had to sing praise songs and thank him, and it was before they went out and met their adversary. And they didn't experience the victory until they started to praise and worship and thank and adore God. In our own lives, and this is the the challenge I want to give us um, of being a thankful and grateful people, is to learn to praise God in the midst of whatever it is you're facing and going through. And I, and I, I need to touch on this. This, has, this does not mean that you're fake. It doesn't mean that you don't talk about challenges. If you're, if you're going through whatever it is, whether it was abuse or a financial disaster or just a, whatever, difficulty in a relationship in your family, whatever it is that you're facing, it doesn't mean that you ignore that. It doesn't mean that you're like, oh, praise God, even when things are horrible, right? That's not at all. Like, the scriptures are filled with people that were very brutally honest with God, okay? But if you want to encounter God in a deep and profound and relational way, what God is saying to us in the Word is be somebody who lives in this attitude of thankfulness. There's times, if you ever drive by me uh, and, like, going down May Street or Memorial, and I'm alone in the van, and I look like I'm screaming, it's probably because I am. There's sometimes I turn up, like, there's some, like, rap songs that I love that are, like, really... They just praise God, they honor Him, and they're loud, and I can be, and I can yell. And sometimes when I'm in my darkest moments, I'm alone in the car, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. Like, sometimes I get home, and my throat is just hoarse, right? 
but it does something because it's this, it's not, I'm not being fake. I'm being real to God, like, yeah, things are difficult. Things are challenging. There's situations I'm faced with where I don't know how I'm going to get through it or I don't know how I'm going to deal with it, but what I'm, I'm going to choose to praise God in the midst of that. And there's times where, like, I, like it, something lifts off of me. This happened the other day. I was, I was at Walmart, and I was picking up groceries, and I love that you can just, like, Vicky orders online, and then you go sit there, and then you call them, and they just bring it out. And uh, I had this, I don't even know what song it was, but it was like, I was going through something and there was a situation I was faced with and I was just like jamming out. And I'm like singing and I look and there was this girl in this truck beside me and she's looking over at me and I was like, (laughs) she totally thinks I'm like this weirdo, right? But it was like this, it's a form of battle, right? It's a form of saying, God, like, yes, things are terrible and things are brutal, but like, I can thank you for the breath in my lungs. I can thank you for the family that I do have. I can thank you for the people that I do life with at Transformation Church that we connect with. We love Jesus together. Like, I can praise God in the midst of these circumstances. And when, when I do that, something lifts, something physically lifts. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but sometimes when you're going through a difficult time or a challenge, it's almost like a, a heavy, wet blanket. You ever experienced that? where you, you just almost feel this, like, depression or this oppression, and it's, and it, like, it's physical. Like, it's like you can feel it. And, and if you will say, God, I, I am going to choose to praise you in the midst of it, it's like that lifts off. And that's what God is saying here. He's saying, like, yeah, your sacrifices are great, but I want something more. I want your heart. I want this relationship with you. Bring me a sacrifice of praise. And um, we're going to do communion in a minute, but I want to I point this out to you that the, the words that are used here in Psalm chapter 50 are really convicting, and they're powerful, and they're revelatory. God is teaching us something. Praise, thanks, thankfulness is actually a sacrifice because it does cost us something. Like, sometimes it will cost you something to choose to be thankful to God. Because it's going to go against everything that you feel, everything that you feel inclined to do, and it, it is a sacrifice. It's this choice to say, God, I am going to praise. I am going to thank you. The, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Corey Ten Boom, um, but she's a well-known writer, and she survived the Holocaust, and she survived just horrible treatment, and God taught her to forgive. She's got an amazing testimony. But she famously, um, and I, this analogy has just impacted me deeply. She talks about the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. Um, But she says a thermometer can tell you the temperature in the room, or it can tell you the temperature outside. But a thermostat changes the temperature. And she said most Christians are like thermometers. They can tell you the temperature. They can tell you whether things are great or whether they're bad. And if you listen to what goes on in the church, most of the time, we act like thermometers. So things are bad, things are good, whatever. We talk about that. She was saying, like, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, you are like a thermostat where you're not not just saying what the temperature is. You actually raise the temperature. Like, you, you have the ability to change it because God enables you to do so. And that happens through being a thankful person, living in this place of gratitude and, and doing battle with this spirit of, of gratefulness and thankfulness. And so my challenge um, to us this year, and this is something that I encourage you to join me on this, um, every day through 2022, I'm going to just journal about something that I'm grateful and thankful for. And I would encourage you to just join me on that. Um, it might be something that you actually write down 
in a journal or type it up on a Word document, or maybe you just decide every day at 10 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop and pray, and I'm going to thank God for something. But I want to encourage you to put this into practice in 2022, that no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad things are, no matter if you're experiencing you know, uh, uh, the death of a loved one, whatever it is that you're facing, that I'm not encouraging you to be fake. It's okay to lament. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to talk about the, the struggles and the wrestles. But to actually make a choice to say, God, I'm, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to be grateful and thankful. And I encourage you to do that throughout 2022. And uh, it'll be encouraging for you to go back next year and look through what you were grateful for in 2022. But I also... I, I really believe what God is saying in Psalm chapter 50 is that this is like a gateway to an experience and an encounter with God. That if we can choose to be people that are like, okay, God, I'm going to be grateful, that there's a deeper encounter with God that we can have.